international short stories volume two english stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by lynn thompson international short stories volume two english stories edited by william patton section twenty one the sticket minister by s r crockett the renunciation of robert fraser formerly student in divinity the crows were wheeling behind the plough in scattering clusters and plumping singly upon the soft thick grubs which the ploughshare was turning out upon an unkindly world it was a basque blowy day in the end of march and there was a hint of storm in the air a hint emphasized for those skilled in weather law by the presence of half a dozen seagulls while vagrants among the black coats blown by the south wind up from the solway a snell scotch but not unfriendly day altogether robert fraser bent to the plough handles and cast a keen and wary eye towards his guide-posts on the ridge his face was colourless even when a dash of rain came swirling across the crest of bengern whose steep bulk heaved itself a blue haystack above the level horizon of the moorland he was dressed like any other ploughman of the south uplands rough homespun much the worse for wear and leggings the colour of the red soil which he was reversing with the share of his plough yet there was that about robert fraser which marked him no common man when he paused at the top of the ascent and stood with his back against the horns of the plough the countryman's legacy from adam of the mattock he pushed back his weather-beaten straw hat with a characteristic gesture and showed a white forehead with blue veins channeling it a damp heavy lock of black hair clinging to it as in seven's picture of john keats on his deathbed robert fraser saw a couple of black specks which moved smoothly and evenly along the top of the distant dyke of the highway he stood still for a moment or two watching them as they came nearer they resolved themselves into a smart young man sitting in a well-equipped jig drawn by a showily actioned hone and driven by a man in livery as they passed rapidly along the road the hand of the young man appeared in a careless wave of recognition over the stone dyke and robert fraser lifted his slack reins in staid acknowledgment it was more than a year since the brothers had looked each other so nearly in the eyes they were dr henry fraser the rising physician of carn edward and his elder brother robert once a student of divinity at edinburgh college whom three parishes knew as the sticket minister when robert fraser stabled his horse that night and went into his supper he was not surprised to find his friend saunders mcheer of drumquat sitting by the peat fire in the room almost the only thing which distinguished the sticket minister from the other small farmers of the parish of dalag was the fact that he always sat in the evening by himself ben the hoose and did not use the kitchen in common with his housekeeper and herd-boy save only at meal-times robert had taken to saunders ever since the back of his ambition broken he had settled down to the farm and he welcomed him with shy cordiality you'll take a cup of tea saunders he asked thank you robert i wouldna be wert returned his friend i saw your brother the day said saunders mckeer 
after the teacups had been cleared away and the silent housekeeper had replaced the books upon the table saunders picked a couple of them up and having adjusted his glasses he read the titles milton's work and a volume of a translation of dorner's person of christ i saw your brother the day he mun be getting a big practice ay said robert fraser very thoughtfully saunders mckeer glanced up quickly it was of course natural that the unsuccessful elder brother should envy the prosperous younger but he had thought that robert fraser was living on a different plane it was one of the few things that the friends had never spoken of though everyone knew why dr fraser did not visit his brother's little farm he's getting in when the boot folk knew and thinks maybe that his brother would do him the credit that was the way the clash of the countryside explained the matter i never told you how i came to leave the college saunders said the younger man resting his brow on a hand that even the horn of the plough could not make other than diaphanous no said saunders quietly with a tender gleam coming into the humoursome eyes that lurked under the bushy tussocks of grey eyebrow saunders's humour lay near the fountain of tears no continued robert fraser i have not spoken it to so many but you've been a good friend to me saunders and i think you should hear it i have not tried to set myself right with folks in the general but i would like to let you see clearly before i go my ways to him who seeth from the beginning here tell him said saunders man your your host is no near as sair as it was in the back end you'll be here lang after me but lang is short well do you ken robert fraser that you need not to pitch yourself right with me he had no kenji sins ye was the sick of the two scrubbers i thank you saunders said robert but i am well aware that i am to die this year no no not a word it is the lord's will it's more than seven year now since i first kenned that my days were to be few it was the year my father died and left harry and me by a lane he left no siller to speak of just plenty to lay him decently in the kirkyard among his forebears i had been a year at the divinity hall then and was going up to put my discourses for the next session i had been troubled with my breast for some time and so called one day at the infirmary to get a word with sir james he was very busy when i went in and never noticed me till the host took me then on a sudden he looked up from his papers came quickly over to me put his own white handkerchief to my mouth and said quietly come into my room laddie ay he was a good man and a faithful sir james if ever there was one he told me that with care i might live five or six years but it would need great care then a strange prickly coldness came over me and i seemed to walk light-headed in an atmosphere suddenly rarefied and i think i know now how the mouse feels under the air-pump what's that queried saunders a cruel ploy not worth speaking of continued the sticket minister well i found something in my throat when i tried to thank him but i came my ways home to the dullard night and day i considered what was to be done with so much to do and so little time to do it it was clear that both harry and me could not gang through the college on the little my father had left so late one night i saw my way clear to what i should do harry must go i must stay i must come home to the farm and be my own man then i could send harry to the college to be a doctor for he had no call to the ministry as once i thought i had more than that it was laid on me to tell jesse london that robert fraser was no better than a machine set to go five year now all these things i did saunders 
but there's no use telling you what they cost me in doing they were right to do and they were done i do not repent any of them i would do them all over again were they to do it but it's been bitterer than i thought the sticket minister took his head off his hand and leaned wearily back in his chair the story went over the country that i had failed in my examinations and i never said that i had not but there were some that knew better who might have contradicted the report if they had liked i settled down to the farm and i put harry through the college sending all but a bare living to him in edinburgh i worked the work of the farm rain and shine ever since i have been for these six years the sticket minister that all the world kens the day whilst harry did not think that he got enough he was always writing for more and not so very pleased when he did not get it he was i different to me ye ken saunders and he cannot be judged by the same standard as you and me i can said saunders mckeer a spark of light lying in the quiet of his eyes well continued robert fraser lightened by saunders's apparent agreement the time came when he was clear from the college and wanted a practice he had been ill-advised that he had not got his share of the farm and he wanted its selves for share and share alike now i kenned as you ken saunders that it's no worth much in one share let alone two so i got the place quietly bonded and bought him old dr aitkin's practice in cairn edward with the money i have tried to do my best for the lad for it was laid on me to be my brother's keeper he does not come here much continued robert but i think he's not so well against me as he was saunders he waved his hand to me when he was going by the day that was kind of him said saunders mckeer ay was it now said the sticket minister eagerly with a soft look in his eyes as he glanced up at his brother's portrait in cap and gown which hung over the china dogs on the mantelpiece i got my notice this morning that the bond is to be called up in november said robert so i'll be obliged to flit saunders mckeer started to his feet in a moment never he said with the spark of fire alive now in his eyes never as long as there's a beast on trum quat or a pound in cairn edward bank bringing down his clenched fist upon the milton on the table no saunders no said the sticket minister very gently i thank you kindly but i'll be flitted before that end of section twenty one